Jesse. How you doing? Good. Uh, how would you like a dead dog update? No, I don't want a dead dog update. You know what happens when I hear about dead dogs, Jesse. Let's not do this again. The only thing, the only thing that can thaw your <laughs> brick cold glacier heart, brick cold. I did not have enough coffee before I sat down to the mic. So, dead dog update. Beep, 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 beep. Um, about a month ago, I texted you. Uh, long-time listeners may, may recall, we did, I believe it was a premium episode, about this horrible case in Prospect Park, where a woman named, I believe, stall for time, stall for time, my notes aren't visible, stall for time, Jessica Krustick, this is from the New York Times, early August. On August 3rd, Jessica Krustick, 40, a professional beekeeper, was walking her dog in Prospect Park a little after 6 a.m., when she saw a man rifling through the garbage outside the picnic house. She had seen the man before, tall, with dreadlocks wrapped in a turban, carrying a long staff and often muttering to himself or cursing, and she usually kept her distance. But this morning, there was no room to avoid him. Some other stuff happens, yada, yada, yada. He hits her dog with a stick, and the dog dies. And the dog's name? Moose. Not making that yeah, up. Yeah, it was Moose. This was a rough episode for you. I believe you're still, you're still recovering. Um, about a, a month ago or so, I'm walking in Park Slope, which abuts Prospect Park. I see a tall black man with dreadlocks, uh, no turban, but he has a large ornate staff wandering down the street, muttering to people. I text you about it. I send you photos. I end up at a very safe distance following him because I'm not quite sure what to do because <laughs> there are not a lot of tall black men muttering to themselves with staffs and dreadlocks. Really? In this or any neighborhood that I'm aware of. Really? I mean, is this different where you live? Are there a lot of people, lot tall, big men with large, ornate staffs walking around muttering to themselves? Okay. Most of them are white, but yes. Okay. <laughs> I forgot. The Pacific Northwest is, is kind of a mess. <laughs> so I wasn't sure what to do. Lots I of white dreadlocks here. I took a few photos. I wasn't going to like do anything with them, so I sent them to you. I'm not sure. You were like, I, I don't know. You were like, I don't know what to do. Um, no, I, that's not what I said. I said that you need to citizens arrest this man and take him into custody yourself. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> call the Park Slope Panthers, which is the uh, which is the the vigilante group that formed to deal with problems like this. That tried we to have form. T-shirts, by the way, Park Slope Panthers. You can we buy do. them. If you want to su- su- support the quest to bring Moose's killer to justice, buy a Park Slope <laughs> Panther shirt. Because, regrettably, I did not contribute to that quest because I... Didn't buy a shirt? I didn't know what to do. No, I, didn't, <laughs> I definitely didn't buy a shirt. I also, I didn't call the police because I wasn't going to be like, I think this is the guy that killed the dog arrest him i guess like yeah. i didn't know what to do i ended up just leaving and then before we recorded this today i googled to just to look something up and there's an abc7 new york article from from october where this poor woman saw the guy because her friend tipped her off she saw the guy she tried to get the attention of these cops in a cruiser they wave her off they ignore her and the cops have told oh he, she follows him for a while he goes into a building or an alley. He comes back and starts basically chasing her, this poor fucking woman. Jesus. The cops have told her they will only arrest him if she's present. What? What What rule is that? I don't know. So this guy who killed Moose is just like, I'm 99% sure this was him. He's just wandering around. So um, maybe we do need to start an actual Park Slope Panthers group. I mean, we have the uniforms already. Katie, what is the name of this increasingly unhinged vigilante podcast? This is Blocked and Reported, and I'm Katie Herzog. And I'm Jesse Single. And this week, we were both going to do segments. We were doing 
the same amount of work mm. I was chugging away, mm. getting together this incredible mm. segment. And then you text me with some really good news, which is your segment has a lot going on. So you're just going to do that one. It's true. I am going to be talking a lot today. Uh, the main part of our show yes. is going to be about an influencer getting revenge on her haters. We will get to that in the second half of the show. But first, Jesse, I want to revisit our new segment, What You Missed on Twitter, You Goddamn Quitter. This is a segment about what you, Jesse, have missed on Twitter. <laughs> Wait, what you missed on Twitter? Hold on. I'm looking at the notes. What you missed on Twitter, you goddamn quitter. There should be a comma after Twitter. Okay, come We're going to do theme on. music. Okay. All right. We have several items today. First, Wired Magazine got absolutely... Well, so does everyone know the context why we're doing this? Do you want to talk about how you quit Twitter again? Well, I quit Twitter. Yeah, I think everybody knows. Not everyone knows. Every, so every <laughs> week we have one to two million new listeners, according to our data. Uh-huh. Sorry, billion. Um, and they might not know. I quit Twitter because I'm a hero. You stayed on Twitter because you're a coward and because you love Elon Musk. No, you were run off of Twitter. You were run off of Twitter because you violated HIPAA hippo, and because hippo. you were so embarrassed that you didn't get a meme about an attack helicopter. Yes. Go back and listen to our last 17 or 18 episodes if you need the full story. Here's the deal. I'll deal I can tell it in like two sentences. I thought a kid was literally turning into a helicopter. Mm-hmm. I get a letter from the Department of Defense. It's a HIPAA violation to say that someone turned into a helicopter because that's classified military technology. So they threw me in the brig. And in the brig, you can't access Twitter. That's why I'm off Twitter. Right. But you can't podcast yeah it's a weird loophole it's a darpa um also uh rico it's complicated ask popat popat knows all these laws <laughs> he's 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 your sully he's also off twitter um so yeah so, okay so this segment is called what you missed on twitter comma pause you goddamn quitter go ahead all right so this week we have several items first of all wired magazine got absolutely dogpiled for publishing a scathing profile of an immensely successful and apparently very rich and very nice fantasy author named Brandon Sanderson. I'd never heard of him. Brandon Sanderson sounds like if a like if you went to like an African tribesman and it was like, what do you think white Americans are called? Yeah. Well, he's Mormon, so he's probably visited oh, a few tribes yeah. himself. Uh, okay. So he has sold millions, many millions of books. He also launched a $50 million Kickstarter. Holy shit. And yet he is almost entirely unknown outside of his genre. And he has not been covered by the press at all. There was one LDS profile in whatever Mormon magazine they have. And then there was this this wired profile uh the reporter was a just an absolute dick to this guy he just like cut off his head and shit down his throat literally or metaphorically yeah no literally holy shit he decapitated him and he shit down his throat it was very messy (laughs) you'll see him in hippo prison too okay i I can see why this got attention on twitter Okay, so that was the first thing. And then we also had the story of a teenager being disqualified from and escorted out of a Pokemon tournament, which is not something I realized existed, because he laughed nervously when he was asked his pronouns by an adult judge. Wow, Katie, if I, thank you so much for filling me in on that. Like, where yeah. would I be otherwise? Thank you. Yes. And then we also had a bunch of people acting like absolute ghouls because they treat American tragedies like team sports. And when someone they've never previously heard of, but assume is on the rival sporting team, does something horrible, like in this case, shoot up a school, they use it as an opportunity to dunk on uh, their enemies. Don't you miss that about Twitter? Uh, yeah, I miss it. I did poke my head in a little bit just because I couldn't resist. And it was... You um, can't stay away? Well, look, I'm not trying to be holier than that because I, I tweeted pretty compulsively for many years. But I will say within like a week or two of being off, when you do poke your head in, you're like, 
how do people not realize how crazy they are? And how do they not like tweet something, read the tweet, and then immediately delete it, especially in the wake of a tragedy? It was like, it was really crazy and really bad. Yeah, post mass shooting Twitter is always my least favorite Twitters of all of the Twitters. That's even more so than HIPAA violation Twitter. And you know, the typical demographics of school shooters are it's usually a white a white male that generally gives identitarian liberals an excuse to tweet about toxic masculinity and white supremacy. But in this case, white supremacy. White supremacy is that what I said? Yes, white supremacy. <laughs> it's a huge issue, number one issue facing uh, facing the country right now. But in this alongside case, ra- racism and white supremacy, the apparent gender identity of the Nashville school shooter gave right wingers an opportunity to score disc- discourse points this time, and it was just as gross as when liberals do it. They were so fucking gleeful. It was it was despicable. It really was, and like I don't take part, as a rule, I like don't take part in the discourse after one of these horrible events because I just don't have anything constructive to say in a case like this. There's nothing to be said. So what you missed, Jesse, although apparently you didn't miss it, was people like Matt Walsh displaying this weird sense of glee that the school that the school shooter was a trans guy, apparently a trans guy. It wasn't quite as good as if it had been a trans woman. Like that would have been really perfect for Matt. But a trans guy is obviously better than a white guy because it allows him to make some point about the transgender menace, despite him having absolutely no insight into the shooter. You can mother. almost see like get, like he was almost visibly erect at the idea. I, I know. Kids I, were I dead thought the same because thing. of someone they thought was trans. I it was crazy. Almost was going to say that, and then. I I was like, it's too gross. I can't do it. So thank you for doing it. Well, I can say it. I'm the gross. I'm in hippo hippo prison. Yeah. And of course, not to be outdone, you had pro-trans arguing that murdering six people was obviously a result of right-wing attempts to outlaw things like youth transition or drag queens in the state of Tennessee. But nobody knows why. Nobody knows anything. No, exactly. I do have a request in for the manifesto, by the way. Oh, do you? Interesting. Are you, are you going to come back to Twitter to post it if you get it? No, I would save it. I save all the good stuff for this podcast or, more importantly, my personal newsletter. You, you would just save it on your hard drive and read it at night before bed. <laughs> before bed. Yeah. Jeez. Nobody knows the motive here. And there's these rumors going around that the shooter was probably abused by a teacher or a pastor at this school because people are obviously motivated by their own bias and their politics in this case. But 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 nobody except for perhaps the shooter's doctor or those who have read the manifesto knows what the fuck is going on here. And oftentimes what people assume are hate crimes based on the race or sex or gender identity of the victims and the perpetrator just turn out to be motivated by something absolutely different. Like we saw this with the Pulse nightclub shooting. Everybody assumed that was an anti-gay hate crime. It's an understandable assumption, but it was incorrect. Same with the shootings at the massage parlors in Atlanta, which is still oftentimes in the media described as this anti-Asian hate crime. It wasn't. According to the killer himself, it wasn't. Of course, people have reason to lie about this, but he was, he said that he was motivated by his, his sex drive. By his own shame at his at his desire to visit these massage parlors, and there was another case recently. This one is less ter- horrible, but a gay club in Hell's Kitchen was vandalized. Someone threw rocks through the windows four times in a month, and so everyone assumed it was a a targeted attack that it was a homophobic attack. Well, it turns out the perp was a gay guy who was pissed at the owner. So people, so it was a hate crime because <laughs> he hated the owner. So people, I will say, can, can I just say, yeah. sorry, um, it's not. Homophobic hate crime in Hell Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen in 2023 is not quite MAGA chuds roaming the streets of Chicago at 3 a.m. Orthodox Jews, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like, it's a little, oh, wait, Hell's Kitchen? Yeah. 
No, it's like a trendy. And we can cut this if you want. Hell's trend is like a trendy part of Manhattan. I, I, I was joking. Oh, <laughs> just amazing banter. Yeah, it's just people should have been a little bit. I'm not saying it's impossible. People should have been skeptical that a gay club in Hell's Kitchen was the subject of anti-gay uh, vandalism. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So the last thing I want to say about this is watching reporters trip over themselves not to use pronouns for Audrey slash Adrian Hale was really something like I think NPR has just given up entirely and refers to Hale exclusively as the shooter. Although I, I think that I also have not used pronouns in this case. I do feel kind of bad for anyone trying to negotiate like do you or do you not respect the, the, the mass shooter's preferred pronouns? I don't know. Jesse, do you? Audrey Hale, Adrian Hale, what are we going with? I'm not – I don't know, dude. I don't even like at this point I'm so I have so little faith that any accurate information has come out that I don't I don't even know like You don't even know if the kids were shot? Oh god, we're going into Alex Jones oh, territory Jesus here. I, yeah, I saw a really interesting segment on Alex Jones. No, like I don't even know what the evidence is like that that was their identity or how long they identified that way. I just know that within a microsecond of like with the fucking kids bodies not cold yet. Right. It was like pronoun wars on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, it's just I don't know. I don't know how to negotiate it. I generally respect pronouns. I don't. I don't think that, I'm not like a fundamentalist about it in some situations. Like I don't know. I think it's complicated. I I don't envy NPR, but I just I don't. I'm not sure it's that important to be honest. Yeah, the I think the source of this is that Hale had a LinkedIn page where. She, he, they listed their pronouns as he, him. And then there's a, a the last thing that he, I'm going to just go with the pro- pronouns did before killing these children was. I mean, I guess if he's, if he had his own thing as that, I would use, I would use he, yeah. He messaged a friend from school or from a basketball team or something and mess and signed off Audrey and Adrian. Maybe non-binary, I guess. Uh, anyway, it's fucking terrible. Uh, oh, use both yeah. names. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And. Yeah, it it it's it's inconceivable. The 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 fucking um footage from the body cam was crazy cuz it really is like I don't know. I was just thinking of like in the 90s when they were like oh first person shooters are going to turn people into school shooters like this is like that but it's it's, it's real, real it's just crazy what we see the 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 information we have access to and how horrible it is. Yeah, and of course partisans on Twitter make it all worse by making it about scoring points not only that but within i feel like within minutes there was some bizarre conspiracy theory because it was like a glitch about like the kid's shoe adrian's shoe yeah like that uh dude I, we just have too much this is all gonna get so much worse when like the deep fake stuff gets really yeah. bad and like ai is fully unleashed on yep. us uh, the future uh, the epistemic landscape is gonna get very bad jesse i think that's enough about mass shooting twitter would you like to move on to uh intact vulva twitter Oh, I love it. Oh, IVT. Yeah. Okay. So let's do it. The other thing that you missed this week, this was actually probably a bigger pile on even than when you violated HIPAA. Um, I know you've never seen a vulva before, but nope. They have what are called never have, never will. Yeah. I refuse to. So they have what are called labia. Um, these are like two fleshy flaps on either side of the hole. They kind of actually, I don't know if that's correct. These are two flat. Wait, no, I'm Katie. So people don't know this. Katie used to write <laughs> medical dictionaries. Labia are the two fleshy flaps on the side of the hole. Okay, go for it. They look like Dumbo ears. What, girls are not good at making fun of female <laughs> genitalia. Roast beef curtains is much more disgusting. You, what, making fun of it? I'm not making fun of it. Labia are beautiful. Volvos are beautiful. All vulvas are beautiful. None of the not penises aren't beautiful. Why oh, no, do we have to pretend genitalia is no. beautiful? Penises are not penises beautiful. Penises are not beautiful. But nobody thinks that they are, right? 
Nobody thinks labia is beautiful. Jesse, so God, you're misogynist. Okay, so uh, there's a woman named Jessica Penn. She goes by Metaclit on Twitter, and she is an ad- Sorry, her last name yes. is Pin, like a pin code? Like a pin code? What is a pin? Oh, oh, yeah, like P-I-N. Like her bank. Yes, her last name is Pin. It's, it, that's, that, like that being the first thing that comes to mind, like not like a pin, like you would put on your shirt or whatever. I'm very... Technology. Yeah. You're not a word cell. What's the opposite of a word cell? Number cell? Shape rotator. Shape rotator yeah. yep. uh, you're a money guy. You're Jew. Okay. So <laughs> that's racist. So Jessica Penn, she goes by Metaclid on Twitter. She's an advocate for intact. Can you spell that? M E D I C L I T. Metaclid? Metaclid. Yes. It sounds like a really like inappropriate startup. Okay. <laughs> she <laughs> if you have a clit problem, we get you help within thirty minutes door to door. She's an advocate for intact vulvas because when she was eighteen, she underwent labiaplasty to basically make her, her labia, her demo ears smaller because she was led to believe that big flaps are gross or weird or aesthetically unpleasing and the surgery was just this purely aesthetic thing and it resulted in her losing a lot of sensation in her clitoris jesse look that up uh and she regretted doing it and so now she advocates for this sort of like all vulvas are beautiful movement and she works to make doctors and in particular understand female anatomy better by campaigning for things like more accurate medical textbooks she's big on tiktok she's been on the daily show she was also covered in the new york times and in 2019, she published a dissection study on clitoral nerves along with her father, who's a plastic surgeon. That's Remember a good that father-daughter project. Yeah, it's going to come back in a second. Okay, so Jessica became the main character on Twitter this week after she saw a video of work by an artist named Lydia Reeve. So Reeve made a bunch of plaster casts of different women's vulvas. And so first, Jessica praised the artist and was like, this is such a cool project. And then she said, this is a quote, I contacted the artist to see if all of these vulvas were intact because I noticed some looked mutilated. She told me, some are trans post-op surgery. I have a big problem with trans post-op being included in a vulva diversity video. Here's why. And then there's a thread, all of which has now been deleted. Jesse, can you, what would you imagine happen next? I just don't think this went well for her, I'm guessing. You would be correct. I've seen some pylons in my day. This was a full, the weight of Mount Everest came down on this woman. And so her problem with this, this artwork was that she wants women and clinicians to have realistic models for what vulvas look like. And vaginoplasty is just not that. I think that's a fine and valid point, but she went about making it in the worst possible way. Like she took a still from this video and circled the plaster vulvas that she saw as being surgically constructed or as she said mutilated, not a word that you typically want to use when you're talking about people's body parts. And then she went to the artist and actually verified that these were post-op trans vulvas. And she posted a screenshot of that, of the artist being like, yes, that one's transgender. And even though she was correct in her assessment, this just made things worse because she was reiterating over and over again that she didn't see these vulvas as female. Can you explain why that's a problem, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess people probably argued that there's no, um, I don't know, difference in femaleness between different types of vulvas, whether or not they were constructed. I don't know. Right. A trans vulva is a, is a female vulva because trans women are women, right? So there's this huge pile on, and I wanted to be on her side because people were being, like, truly horrible to her. And this was, of course, then written about by outlets like Jezebel and Into, which is our new favorite publication. They, of course, wrote about it in the least gracious way possible, calling her a turf, a transphobe, and a racist. How does race fit into this? 
Okay, well, it turns out that she is extremely good at making things worse for herself. And while this was going on, people resurfaced a TikTok video from last year where a Black creator named Joel Burvell called her out because she said that this anatomical drawing of a Black fetus in the womb was an example of female genital mutilation because in the drawing, the clit was missing. And she said she said this on her tweet that the illustrator was Nigerian. And so to her, this clearly meant that the body had undergone FGM. And so Joel pointed out that female genital mutilation is illegal in Nigeria. I looked this up. It is illegal. It has been for a few years. It's still common, though. It impacts about 20 percent of girls today. So she might actually have been correct about that. Who knows? But the point of the illustration was the baby in the womb, not the vulva. As Joel pointed out, he also said that she had a history of targeting black OBGYNs. I don't know if she specifically targets black OBGYNs or if she just argues with everyone, but she definitely has a tendency to make things worse for herself. So, for instance, when she was called out for this, here's what she tweeted. Lol, health disparities are less than ever. There's just more awareness. Surgeons have been practicing on minority populations since forever. In the 80s at Johns Hopkins, they said, all you need to learn surgery is a knife, a book, and an N-word. I'm not going to say it, but she spelled out the word. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is you – you cannot – you're not allowed to type it on Twitter unless you have a particular skin tone that she doesn't have. So I think the first part of her statement is probably correct, but I looked up the quote. I could not find this anywhere. I think I, – like she might have just absolutely made it up. She also compared female genital mutilation to the Holocaust. Um, and she said that if you look at mortality and morbidity caused by FGM, it's actually worse than the Holocaust. Female genital mut- – oh my god. More. I'm, I mean, she could be right. I don't know how many people die every year from FGM. I would, I'm guessing that's not the case. But Is it more than 600,000, Jesse? Jesus. <laughs> So that's what I mean by making stuff worse for herself. And she definitely did that during this pylon. Like at one po- point, a female porn star was like, my vulva looks like the one you're calling mutilated. And she was like, no, it doesn't look closer. And then she asked the porn star for pics. And then when the porn star refused to send her pics of her vagina, she went and found some of the porn star's videos and was like, you are not capable of picking your own pussy out of a lineup. Well, I don't understand how this escalated so ridiculously. Because she just kept tweeting and tweeting. Yeah, I mean, she, she tried to tweet through it. She tweeted hundreds of times. She was responding to every, not every. She couldn't have responded to everyone because there was so much, so much hate. But she was just responding to a lot of shit. And every time she tweets, she makes it worse. And so, of course, there's a line that she's a turf, and turfs are policing people's bodies, and that she's a pussy phrenologist. And then there's this absolute glee on Twitter watching this woman defend herself and then get dragged over and over and over. And the high point of the madness came when someone posted a screenshot of hers from 2021 that read this. G-spot is not a medical or anatomical term. It's just a name for perceived sensation so no one can decide what it is. I tried to finger one of our cadavers when no one was looking to figure out if it could oh be the God. clitoral body. I tried to finger one of our cadavers. You haven't done that? No, not lately. Okay, so there was also a tweet from 2020 that resurfaced. This one said, with the first cadaver, I tried to stick my fingers in her vagina in order to assess the relative location of the clitoral body. But then it got too awkward because my dad was there. So I did not try again. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that refers... See, this is why people should leave Twitter. That refers to the study she co-authored with her dad in 2019. But, of course, now the narrative becomes she violated a corpse. So our friend Henry Giardia, into writer, this was his headline, a turf literally fingered a corpse to prove a transphobic point about genitals. How... 
But the G-Spot thing has nothing to do with tra- like the G-Spot, the idea that it's a myth or not a myth has been around forever. It has nothing it doesn't even have to do with these issues. No. I mean no, I mean, are you wait, are you complaining about his headline or the G or her tweet? Well, I'm complaining about everything at this point, but his headline also doesn't make any sense. No, his headline is completely fucking stupid, but this is yeah. the same guy who who literally wrote an article about Brianna Wu being a bad society and then wrote another article about was what was this one? He said that you gave thousands of kids medical information to like Sarah Huckabee or something. Uh, something not, I think not that bad, but basically said, yeah, I spread like personally identifying medical information. Henry Giardia is physically incapable of writing an accurate article. Physically incapable. Literally. Okay. So yes, literally. So the headline was obviously fucking stupid and incorrect. But again, Jessica Penn does seem to have this uncanny ability to stick her foot in her mouth. In the corpse of... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she also never backs down. And I deeply admire for that. Like, she's the Ayla of Volva, of Volva Twitter, plus all the worst people on the on, on Twitter haters. So I think I'm I'm Team Jessica Penn. I'm Team Medicalette. I did try to reach out to her for comment. Um, I'm not sure if she saw my message because her account is down right now. And if you go to the page, it says, Caution, this account has been temporarily restricted. And so I think that maybe she's been hacked. Probably for her own good. Yeah, yeah. Don't you miss Twitter, Jesse? Yeah, no, this is seriously an advertisement for it. Uh, the the corpse fingering discourse. You'll be back. I'll have to be back at some point, but I'm enjoying the break, to be honest. Uh, what have you been doing with your time? Um, Traveling, skiing. TikTok? I mean, I literally was skiing. I couldn't have, I couldn't have gotten skiing if I was on Twitter because that would be dangerous. Uh, oh, my God. You can bring your laptop up the, up the ski hill with you, Jesse. Your desktop. I've been. I found it's been overall very good to be off. I. It's only rare that I miss it at all, and I. It's just. It's. It's hysterical and crazy, and all the worst aspects of journalism are fueled by it. So I'm hoping to stay off for a while, but at some point I'll be back on to to promote shit and to uh, defend your honor. I don't care about defending my honor on Twitter. That's such a dumb thing to like worry about. <sighs> okay, moving on. Uh, should we do housekeeping before we get to the meat here? Yeah, to the 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 uh, roast beef curtains of this episode. <laughs> Blotter Reported is a podcast that usually does not talk about vulvas this much. You can go to blotterreported.org. If you go there, you can become a premium subscriber, where for an affordable fee, you get three extra episodes a month, as well as uh, becoming part of a growing community of more than 11,000 people. We have weekly discussion threads. We have other perks. It's, it's pretty awesome. We also have merch. If you go to barpodmerch.com, you can get your Park Slope Panther shirt. Join that movement. Um, we have corpses with vulvas that you can explore. Mm-hmm. What else do we have? Uh, I'm not sure what else we have, but I would like to say for the people on the subreddit, we did see your complaints about how all of our URLs are different and we can never get them correct. I saw someone saying that we are unprofessional, and I just have to say, you are correct. Yeah, of course we are. <laughs> we never said we were. I mean, I don't know. Like, not everyone can be professional. It's not realistic. I mean, I did sign the Harper's Letter podcast host. Um, I've been meaning to fix the front of the page so that at least all the links will be in one place. But I went on and I can't figure it out. We can't figure it out. <laughs> I tried for like <laughs> three or four minutes. I will try. Yeah, We owe you people that. I tried too, but... I'm a girl. I couldn't do it. I don't. It was not like Substack is usually pretty well put together UX wise. I just couldn't figure out where those links go, but that's out of date. We'll fix it. Um, but the important thing is buy our merch and blockedreporter.reddit.com is a subreddit. And there's just so much to do on the internet that isn't Twitter. Someone on the subreddit announced that they were leaving the other day. Did you see that one? They were leaving because they were mad at you, right? Yeah, but it, they were wrong. They said that I was 
berating you for leaving Twitter. That is not what happened. They used even stronger language. They made it sound like you were just like, you lost your shit at me because I left Twitter. Like, Jesse, you fucking, how fucking dare. But it wasn't like I that. did I mean, do you that. You were being annoying, I, but just in your normal, I, like, mild No, way. I did berate you, but I cut that part. So unless this is somebody who has access to our raw audio trace. Is this like a Julian Assange situation? It, WikiLeaks? WikiLeaks is going to release Is this raw. basically WikiLeaks? Is this WikiLeaks? Yeah, someone left because they said I was berating you on, uh, about leaving Twitter. I did not berate you. I said that you should leave Twitter. I said that you shouldn't delete your account. So I don't think that person listened very well. I think also, I think it got zero upvotes and I generated it. a lot of backlash. Let's see here. You upvoted it? No, of course not. I don't I don't have login privileges. I'm out. Yeah, here it is. 59 comments, zero upvotes. I'm out. This podcast used to make me happy, but now it just makes me irritated. Join the club, I, buddy. This is like me describing. This is like me <laughs> describing working with you. I tried to hang in there. I really did. But each week, I just kept bailing earlier in each episode. Then Katie went <laughs> ballistic on Jesse for making the healthy choice to leave Twitter, and her reaction just made me sad. Again, you were annoying, but you did not go ballistic. I think you posted this. This was your Katie? resignation hey, letter. Hey, Katie. Katie, I forgive you. I don't need you your asked for my apology off I mic, not. and I, I, I hereby grant it. You are still wrong, and I have gotten so many messages from people, even from friends of yours, telling me that 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 I was correct. They are on Team Katie. Name those friends. Give me their names. Ethan Strauss. Ethan said that I was correct. That you were no. He said I was correct. Ethan did that. Yeah. God fucking damn it. <laughs> What did Richard Spencer say? Richard Spencer? No, he emailed you. Richard Hania emailed me. Isn't it Hanania? Whatever. Can we move on? Can we move on? I guess so. Katie, you, uh, there's a thing with like a van or whatever. Go for it. Jesse, does the name Brianna Media. Oh, wait. Blocked and reported. Sorry. Blocked and reported podcast at gmail.com. If you see the guy who killed the dog, send me an email. I'll reach out to the Times reporter who will contact. It'll be like a phone chain for a snow day. And we're going to get this guy. Jesse, does the name Brianna Media mean anything to you? It used to. I completely forget. Okay. Well, it should mean something to you because we talked about Brianna Media on this very show last September. We did an episode called the hashtag van life influencer who drove too close to the sun. And van life, for anyone who missed that strange trend, is basically attractive people living in converted cargo vans and posting these highly edited glossy photos of themselves to Instagram. Uh, if you're lucky, you can make money off of this. If you're not lucky, the van that you bought off of Craigslist breaks down on your first adventure and you get stuck in the Nevada desert waiting for a tow truck for six hours and you have to shit in a Meineke parking lot. Not that I'm speaking from personal experience, but if anyone is looking- Did you lose I, 12 wallets? I do have a Ram Promaster for sale. Please get it out of my driveway. Okay, uh, so we're going to start this with a clip from our previous Brianna Media episode. This is a primo episode, so some of you may have heard it before, but it'll be new to most of you. One of the more well-known hashtag van life influencers is Brianna Media. She built a following around pictures of her dogs in the van in the deserts of southern Utah. She started this around 2013. And the pictures are genuinely gorgeous and have gotten like prettier and prettier over time as her camera has improved, I, I think. And basically, she posts this like constant wave of these beautiful outdoor excursions with her husband and her dogs, oftentimes canyoneering somewhere in like the Utah desert. This started out as weekend trips when they could get away, but she slowly turned this into a career and and went into full-time hashtag van life. So in 2016, she and her then-husband, Keith Media, they moved into their own van. It was this bright orange 1990 panel van that 
definitely has been used to kidnap children by a prior owner. And no, those are white vans. Yeah, they are You're generally. Like, yeah, generally, yeah. But this one, like, you'll see pictures of it. You can tell. I when I was growing up, my parents said if a stranger in a white van tries to get you to go in, don't. If the van is any other color, it was fine. Go for it. Yeah. I wonder if kids are still told that today. Like if, if it's, it's, we live in an age where that's almost quaint, yeah, to try to defile a child in a van, given all the other easier ways you could, like. It's just like you'd almost have to like pat the guy in the van on the head and be like, "Oh, like yeah. don't realize candy? you should be on like TikTok." You're using candy, candy? Yeah. yeah. I mean, in today, like those people are more, or like they're probably living in the van because they're they're hashtag van life influencers. Yeah, there's like they have a lot of like social media opportunities. Yeah, why would you kidnap a child unless you need it to post for your photos for your hashtag van life page? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so she and Keith move into the van with their two dogs, and that's an important part of this story because one thing you need to know about Brianna is that she is absolutely obsessed with her dogs. Like she's almost as obsessed with her dogs as I am with Moose, and this seems to be, I think, a pretty common thing among hashtag van life people. They tend to be childless couples or singles in their 20s and 30s, and they fucking love their dog. And the entire reason I bought a van, for instance, is because I want to travel. I don't want to travel without moose, and airplanes have cracked down on the emotional support animal scheme. So if you want to travel with your dog, you have to either put the dog in the belly of the plane or drive everywhere. So I bought a van for the dog. I can think of of another way. What? Do you remember how, like— Female drug courier couriers get. You want me to put it in my butt? Put the dog in my butt? (laughs) Yeah. Why do you put or like other holes? I don't know. He's fifty-five pounds, Jesse. Come on, be realistic here. (laughs) If he was a mini golden doodle, maybe I could put him in my butt. You put Moose in a giant condom, like from the (laughs) sight the sight gag and naked gun, and then you cover it. It, Yeah. Okay. That was a great. That was a great scene in the movie. Okay. So, at the time uh, that they started full time hashtag van life. Brianna and Keith, they had two dogs. Uh, the dogs were named Bucket and Dagwood. They were rescue dogs because you always have to tell Buc- people your dogs are <laughs> rescue dogs. Why Bucket? I don't That's know. Such a They're cutesy. Play, play kid. They're, yeah, exactly. It's cutesy. And they took these dogs everywhere. Okay, Jesse, I'm going to send you an Instagram post from July 2016 shortly after they move into the van. And I'm going to ask you to describe the image and read the caption. Or at least just read as much of the caption as you can as you can handle. Okay, so they're in what looks like a uh, yeah, Utah Canyon, a very narrow canyon I'd associate with Utah. Brianna Maria, we get so many questions about the slot canyons we visit, especially because we take Bucket and Dagwood with us. The reality of this hobby of ours can be so drastically different from what some of our photos may present. Many times you'll see us standing in a gorgeous section of smooth walled canyon with the dogs prancing alongside us or, hey, God, this is long. Yeah, just the reality keep going. is 90% of the time we are hoisting Bucket and Dagwood over boulders standing on each other's shoulders in neck-deep water, building anchors on unexpected rappels, or stemming down through two-foot-wide sandstone-wide okay, walls covered enough. with spiders. Blah, blah, blah. That's enough. Okay. So that's the kind of you stuff. You made it sound like I was rambling off. You're like, read this. And I start reading it. You're like, okay, okay. We get it. We get it, Jesse. <laughs> okay. So that's the kind of shit that she posts. Like lots of these sort of stylized glamour shots. 
But she also talked about the realities of living in a van because living in – I mean, you're basically homeless, right? Like, it's a fucking van. And, you know, people have questions like, where do you shower? Where do you shit? In a post from October 2016, for instance, she talks about not being able to shower for days and peeing in a bottle because if you're, like, parked in a in a suburban neighborhood because these are the places where people end up parking because you're not actually allowed to park at these gorgeous vistas. So you end up parking, at, you know, in neighborhoods or in Walmart parking lots and you can't just, like, piss on the street so you got to pee into a funnel and then into a bottle and then like keep your urine in the van it's very glamorous and the funny thing about that particular post is that she's like real talk living in a van isn't always glamorous but in the picture she's sitting in the van with her dogs and a guitar and she's laughing and having a great time and it looks pretty fucking glamorous okay so her following continues to grow the wedding site, the knot, shared one of her photos, and so so did REI. She first her like first big bump was she had ten thousand followers, and in May twenty seventeen, she's working at a software company, and she shifts to fully remote work so that she can travel full time. And from the outside, things seem to be going really pretty well for her, except that the nineteen ninety kidnapping van that they bought is almost thirty years old and it starts to fall apart. So they basically have to rebuild the entire engine and spends months sleeping on their friends' floors. And that is, of course, the downside of hashtag van life, because when your van is in the shop, your entire house is in the shop. And Brianna writes about this in these sincere but sort of optimistic posts about, like, the hardship and the beauty of life. And she also posts many, many, many pictures and captions about her dogs, who, again, she seems to love, like, very intensely, but not as much as I love Moose. And they start to get media coverage about this lifestyle. Like, there was a Daily Mail article called Trekking, Camping, and Even Abselling. I think that means repelling in British. Down a climbing rope, meet the globe-trotting couple who take their loyal pups everywhere. Uh, and then the dodo covered them. Uh, they posted a video called Couple and Their Shelter Dogs Become the Happiest Family. So this is this is what they're selling, right? This adventurous, dog-focused, happy family. All right, Jesse, we are back in the present day. And as we discussed on that episode, something pretty awful happened during Brianna's van life adventures. Do you remember that? Dagwood got hit by a car. Yeah. This is obviously hard for me to talk about, uh, but Dagwood was fine. He did get hit by a car. A friend of hers started a fundraiser to pay for this emergency surgery, and they raised a huge amount of money, like almost $100,000. And then people from all over the world sent in cards and stuffed animals for Dagwood because obviously that's what a dog wants when it's recovering is a bunch of cards, get well cards. And then like, can I just say, can I, say yeah. make, so, can I make a rude observation? Please. I'm, I'm sort of, you know, a rationalist in many senses. A mm. hundred thousand dollars. You could buy so many new dogs, like fresh <laughs> unbroken dogs, puppies, even from premium. Hold on. Let me see. Let's say, okay. How much does a premium dog cost? Like a good breed from a breeder? Probably like three grand. Okay, a hundred thousand. Oh, so hundred thousand dollars divided by three thousand. You could get thirty-three top-flight primo dogs. Wait, is that it? Thirty-three times three thousand? I thought it was three thousand. You said three thousand dollars a dog. I'm bad at math. A hundred thousand yeah. divided by three thousand is thirty-three dogs. Thirty-three. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you can't fit thirty-three dogs in a van, Jesse. Well, but you can also rent vans. So okay, so let's knock it down to thirty vans. Okay, how many vans? How many vans at what? Okay, okay, moving on. Moving on. Like two years later, after Dagwood was hit and after the GoFundMe, Brianna reveals that her dog wasn't hit by a random car. He was hit by her car (laughs) while she was filming him run beside the car through the desert and her ex-husband was drunk driving. 
One of the best reveals in bar pod history, I think. That was a good episode. I went and listened back to it yesterday. It was, it was really primo content. Nice. Okay, so there's a lot more to the Brianna Media story, including a very cringe BLM post from June 2020 that got her tarred as racist. We'll talk about that in a little while. Uh, I recommend listening to that episode if you haven't yet. We'll link to it in the show notes. So in that episode, we talked about a subreddit called Media Snark. It was a spinoff from a much larger and older subreddit called Blog Snark, which is dedicated to shit-talking influencers. This is common. There are lots of snark subreddits for, like, mommy bloggers, hot Mormon Instagram influencers, popular TikTokers. And Media Snark is instrumental to understanding the latest chapter in the Brianna Media story. It's basically the opposite of our subreddit, which is, like, mostly people who like the show coming together disgusted except for that one asshole that we're going to murder. Uh, snark subreddits are people who hate something getting together to shit on it. So since we aired that episode, there's a new twist to the Brianna Media story, and she has gone on the fucking warpath against that Reddit, that subreddit. Is she going to try to run them over with her van? What's she going to mm-hmm. do? What's she doing? We will get there. Brianna Media absolutely hates the media snark subreddit. She blamed the Redditors for a lot of shit that had gone wrong in her life. She says they made her depressed, suicidal, they cost her job opportunities, etc. She wanted it chucked the fuck down. And through some very savvy slash very shady maneuvering, she actually got what she wanted and she got a whole lot more in return. What happened? We will get to that. Okay. So a few weeks ago, Brianna released a 40-minute video on YouTube detailing exactly what these Redditors did to her. And it goes well beyond merely shit-talking her or discussing her on the subreddit. Here's how the video starts. So this is going to be a video about my personal experience with online bullying and stalking and defamation. Um, And I do want to give a heads up that suicide does come up um, in this video. So just a warning. Um, It's extremely difficult for me to talk about this. But I'm doing so for two reasons. One, I don't want anyone who's being victimized online to feel as alone as I have felt for the last two and a half years, almost three years. And two, I want anyone who uh, participates in these kinds of online hate campaigns to listen to me very carefully. If you think you are anonymous, if you think you are invincible, If you think that you won't ever be found and asked to defend the things you've said and done, you are sorely, sorely mistaken. Okay, so she's like really going to try to track down who did this. Absolutely. And she goes on to detail the harassment she's faced over the past few years. And a lot of it does seem to to stem from the subreddit. She posts receipts, lots of them. I will admit that my first impulse towards her was not particularly generous. Like she's an influencer. She looks like a model for one of those wide brim fedora companies like that you know those hats that hot yoga women wear what is a wide brim fedora i associate with like neck beards wide brim fedora yeah this is different though it's a female fedora it's a it's a vulva fedora it's different it looks like i think oh so it's shaped like a vulva so i so i have no idea what it looks like it's like it's that's what they mean by pussy hat no they're like they're like wide brim women wear them like hot yoga women wear them to see bon iver at red rocks hot yoga women or to brunch there's some people who don't understand any of the reference okay so hot hot women yoga women wear them to see bon iver bon iver the band bon iver the band the band they're the band where like everything they record is in like a wintry cabin mm-hmm. at red rocks which is a venue yeah in colorado okay in colorado. are you, are you can you picture you. it now mm, yeah okay 
She has many, many more fans than she does haters, and she makes money off of attention. And if she doesn't like attention, my thinking my thinking was before, well, just don't read the subreddit. Like, most of us don't like negative attention unless you're into some BDSM shit. So just don't seek it out, right? Don't yeah. name search. Never, never try to find out what people are saying about you. That's how I like to live. So that's kind of how I felt about it at first. But some of these Redditors have gone well beyond snarking about her on Reddit. They've gone out of their way to hurt her in the real world, and that really did change how I felt about this whole thing. She explained some of that in this next clip. It started small with fake accounts like Brianna Media is a dumpster fire and Brianna Media is a scammer and Brianna Media is a plague rat, etc., etc. They even made a fake LinkedIn account <laughs> under my name that said I was a professional scammer. The dedication right off the bat is astounding. Um, then the email started... Uh, anonymous emails sending me all kinds of awful things. Um, this one sticks permanently in my mind. Uh, so it was a few weeks after I had moved out of my house. And here she shows a screenshot of an email someone sent her telling her that her ex-husband Keith is on dating sites. And the email says, quote, he was amazing to spend the night with and really is suffering from the wreckage of being married to you. Um, basically, they had just started to torture me for fun. Um so this sort of low-level, albeit still horrible, uh, harassment continued throughout the fall of 2020 until I could not take it anymore. Um, so I left Instagram in November and took several months off with the intention of trying to keep myself alive. Uh, during that hiatus, I crossed paths with a woman named Michelle, who told me she was a big fan. Um, she was getting a tattoo from the same artist that all of my tattoos are from. I sat with her, um, I listened to her life stories, I jumped up and ran out and got her her favorite Starbucks drink, and then because I thought she was a kind person, I shared some of the things I was going through at the time. Um, and apparently, I am a really, really bad judge of character because this woman left that day and took all of the context of our private conversation and fed it to this ravenous, obsessive Reddit mob. Okay, so she goes on to say that this woman, Michelle, was contacting her sponsors and telling them that Brianna was distributing revenge porn of her. She says Michelle posted on the subreddit telling other people how to make fake accounts and contact how to contact her sponsors, what to say, how often to call, etc., and this actually worked. She says she was dropped by four sponsors, including a dog food brand that announced on Twitter that they had dropped her before they actually told her. So eventually she hires a lawyer and the lawyer starts reaching out to these companies, basically a defamation lawyer, lawyer. And they say, yeah, we didn't have any evidence that she's problematic or racist or dealing in revenge porn or whatever, but we can't deal with the headache. Sorry. Wait, so when was this? This was in 2021, and so this is very much the heyday of public cancellation campaigns, especially over things like racism. And to be clear, the idea that Brianna Mady is racist, it all seems to stem from this cringe Instagram post I mentioned earlier. She did this after George Floyd died. I'll read it to you. Hi. Five days ago, I moved in with some of my best friends, Abby and Kaylin, in their home in Moab. I did so alone, if anyone considers showing up with three dogs and two snakes to be alone. I wish the complete and utter, utter shattering of my personal life hadn't lined up with the exact week when my support was needed and expected in such a crucial human rights situation. 
I am sorry if I have disappointed anyone. I hope you all know that my heart, my actions, and my donations have gone out to the people fighting for long overdue social justice for black people and the Black Lives Matter movement. I will be leaving social media for a while and didn't want anyone to think it had anything to do with current events. I understand that prioritizing my mental health over the realities of the world is just about as privileged as it gets, but the last thing I want to be is a performative ally for the sake of a social media appearance. So I will keep doing the work offline, keep learning to be a better listener, a better ally, a better supporter. My heart is broken, both personally and collectively for us all. Okay, it is very cringe, but if narcissism were a crime, right. everyone would be in jail here with me. <laughs> everyone online, I should say. True, true. Yeah, so she's basically announcing her, divo- her divorce slash doing a Black Lives Matter post. But, and that's it. She still does all the dumb performative bullshit like land acknowledgments, et cetera. But she's perceived as a privileged white woman. End of story. And some of the allegations did stick. Like these people tried to get her book tra- her book contract canceled. That didn't work. But when the book came out, they did successfully get a bookstore to cancel a reading because they contacted the owner who herself was a black woman and told her that Brianna was a danger to black people. A and, danger. Yeah. And so the bookstore owner doesn't do any sort of investigation on her own. She just announces that it's canceled. And then Brianna's fans start calling her complaining. And as Brianna points out in this video, the people doing this were all white women. So you have white women using claims of racism to, in effect, cause a giant headache for a black woman. How does she know that they're white women? We will get to that. Uh, She also says that they called hotels and Airbnbs where she was staying to try to get her kicked out. They harass and dox her friends and family. And after years of this campaign against her, she's miserable, she's depressed, she's suicidal. Here's another clip. Ultimately, these people left the computer screen and infiltrated my real life, my private life. And to say that I am traumatized is a grievous understatement. Um, I know for a fact I won't ever be the same because of all of this. Um, Because with this level of dedication and obsession and relentlessness, you, you start to feel like I must deserve this. I must be that bad. I must be that much of a burden to the people around me. And I must be all the things they're saying that I am. And I never felt that hopeless. I drove to a sporting goods store in the summer of 2021 and I bought a handgun. And I sat up at my trailer the following day, just holding it. I had previously told my therapist that the only way I was going to make this stop is if I opened Instagram Live and blew my head off. And even now, even saying this right now, there's this like muscle memory in my brain of just like hearing them laughing at me. Or hearing them just take, like, delight in what I just said. I used to say that I'd been canceled. Um, but it went so much further than that. I wasn't canceled. I was stalked and doxxed and defamed and harassed and tortured. Why? Because it was fun for them. It was their hobby. They quite literally refer to themselves as a community. 
this is really disturbing. And I, I don't know, it just makes me uncomfortable because of like how I've, we've talked before about like the possibility of like suicide contagion and sort of glamorizing it. But that's that's a hard watch. It really is. And there's this other element where when you're watching the video every once in a while, she'll be talking about this really like hard, heavy shit. And then there's an interruption for an ad for like tires or something. It's strange. The tire, the tire ads are pretty moving too. To yeah. <laughs> I, I found the last part of what she said there really interesting. These people refer to themselves as, as a community. She obviously thinks that this is bizarre and fucked up, but it's it's true. It's real. I asked someone who was involved not in this subreddit but in other snark-type forums a while ago about the appeal. Here's what she told me. I think bonding and community is a big part of it. People will generally start out saying, wow, I thought I was the only one who felt this way. So that creates an instant bond. Then the forums develop their own in-jokes, their own linguistic quirks. There are lots of examples of slang that exists specifically on Tattle, that's another forum, or Kiwi Farms or, wh- or wherever. Using that slang reinforces the idea of the in-group, out-group. She also said, there's generally different kinds of people who post in these places. You get the rubberneckers who just want to spectate. You get people who enjoy a bit of bullying. And you get the people who are convinced they're on the right side of the angels and they're determined to see the influencer canceled. It's interesting. But I think there's like different driving motivations because on Kiwi Farms, it really is you're forming a community because you're you're among the only – like this tiny group of people who obsessively follows a F-tier Local. micro – Yeah, like someone with – 3,000 followers who no one knows who they are. With Brianna Media, it's it's much more, I think, some level of resentment at how, I mean, she's like, in a sense, rich and powerful. And it's like taking her down a peg. Well, I don't know that she is actually rich or powerful. She did a video a while back. She bought some land in Utah, and she did this video about how Everybody assumed that she, because she owned like nine acres in Utah, how she was rich. And she said, you know, I paid $190,000 for this nine acres. Like this is not, I've lived in my van for the last however many years. Powerful, I I guess compared to like people on Reddit. I thought she'd made a lot of money off all the the Instagram sponsorships and stuff. She probably does make a lot of money compared to the average American. But but power, I mean, what is power? Like do influencers, do Instagram influencers actually have power? Do you think they do? Maybe perceived, perceived power. power. She's seen as someone who has a lot more than she deserves, and that—that's not dri- like the Kiwi Farmers people. That's not driving them because they're often like beating up on folks who who have no power and very little platform. They're just—it's just they're milking the lol cows. This seems driven by different impulses. I think the big difference between Kiwi Farms and these snark pages is that Kiwi Farms is much more male, and and, and these snark pages are much more female. Yeah, but but again, there is that sense of community that that Brianna was talking about there. Yeah. And still, it's hard not to feel sympathy for her. Like when I was watching this video, I started to feel bad about talking about her on the podcast. And in the previous episode, people can listen to it. I don't think we minimized the shittiness of the subreddit or anything like that. In fact, we detailed all of her grievances and said it's just like Kiwi Farms, but basically Pinker. She's still – she's obviously suffered a lot because of these people and we definitely treated her trauma as entertainment. I guess that's what the news is though. That's oftentimes what it is. But I don't know. If you're you're an Instagram influencer and you pull that shit where you hit your dog and you don't reveal that and you raise money off of it, you're going to be a target of a lot of anger for a long time. And uh, the internet never dispenses anger in exactly the precise quantities. What would that even mean? But it's – 
it's not like she's innocent here. I'm not saying she should have endured what she endured, but like she did something pretty fucked up. Yeah, I mean, she is innocent of some of the allegations against her. And as she points true, out true, true, in yeah. this video, she is the one who like she's the one who sees Dagwood scars every day. She's the one who has to deal with the reality. It, this like this broke up her marriage. She did not get out of this unscathed by any means. And this does seem to have ruined her life in a lot of ways, or at least she feels like it has. And both you and I have been targeted both online and offline for our perceived crimes. So I just I have some sympathy for her. I can see why it would this sort of treatment would make some people feel suicidal. I'm too much of a sociopath to ever be suicidal over what people on the internet are saying about me, but I can see how other people would would, you know, be really wounded by this. Yeah. Okay, so after years of this harassment, Brianna has had enough and she decides to do something about it. Here's where the story takes a turn. <clears throat> I plan to discuss this process more in the future, but God, what a journey we're already on here. So for the sake of brevity, um, over a year ago, a digital forensics investigator stepped in and began working her way up through the ranks of this thread, um, making all these people believe she was one of them, um, which this should also serve as a warning to people on the Internet. Even if you are an anonymous person, you shouldn't trust other anonymous people. But she's able to prove these people's identities with endless screenshots and data collection, along with cross-referencing photos these individuals posted on, like, other Reddit threads, but with their same username, and on their Instagrams, which were very clearly their usernames. Um, here's a real simple example. Here's a photo that Cody White one of the creators of the thread posted of her dog on her public Instagram account. And here is a nearly identical photo Cody posted of her dog under her Reddit username. Here's some other things posted under that very same Reddit username. But it's all that investigator's hard work, God, I love her, uh, that brings us here today. Okay, so she's really, like, managed to track down some of these folks. That's right, Jesse. She knows who the Redditors are, and she's naming names. And the end of the video is a montage of Reddit comments along with the full names, locations, and jobs of the people who made them. Damn. So she's really uh, turning the tables. Or path. And she doesn't stop there. She is super active on Instagram. That's her only – this YouTube video is her only video on YouTube. YouTube. She's mostly active on Instagram, and she spends the next few weeks posting the usernames, real names, locations of these people on Instagram where she has hundreds of thousands of followers. She also contacted people's employers herself and not just the people who actually did dox her or harass her or try to get her sponsors to drop her. Some of them were just people who were active on the subreddit who made comments and not even particularly toxic ones. Like we're talking about some people who said things like her jewelry is tacky. <laughs> how, dare, how dare they? Yeah. Here's what our anonymous Brianna Media correspondent said. She has almost said outright that she wants them to feel as bullied and suicidal as she claims they made her feel. And people who were active on the subreddit were freaking out about this for good reason. At one point, she posted a screenshot of a text exchange with her mom and her mom said – Maybe you're going a little far. People are telling you they're feeling suicidal. And her response was, in all caps, oh, now you care if people feel suicidal. Oh, God. That's 
not good. Yeah. And as soon as this started, the subreddit shut down. But now there's a new subreddit called Exposing Brianna Media. And it's mostly people discussing the doxing and figuring out how to protect themselves. There's definitely less shit talking and snark in this one. This is part of the group rules. And according to verified posts on the subreddit, so that's verified by the mods with screenshots, at least one other influencer has been reaching out to people who participated in her subreddit, basically warning them that she knows who they are. So I guess Brianna is an inspiration. Uh, as for Brianna, she got a ton of sympathy at first, and I think rightfully so, because these people really had been torturing her. But I suspect she lost a lot of goodwill in this revenge stunt, but she kept posting through it, and she seemed to be increasingly fed up. This is one of her last Instagram stories. Anyways, y'all might understand a bit now why I just have lost a lot of faith in humanity, related to him or not. Thank God not. Um, these were nurses, firefighters, parents, therapists, social workers, teachers. Um, and something really needs to be done about it because I don't want to walk around with these people. I don't want I don't want anonymity on the internet to just go completely unnoticed because I would want to know. I'd want to know who I'm actually talking to. So I don't, what's she like getting at with like, I don't want these people around. I, it's menacing. <laughs> it's kind of menacing. Okay. So her account disappeared not a lot long after she posted that one. I'm not sure if it was deactivated or if she was kicked off for doxing. A bunch of people had reported her to Instagram for doxing. I did reach out to her for comment and she got back to me. Uh, she declined to answer my questions. What she actually said was, Hi, Katie. I heard the last podcast you did about me, but I didn't make it past the part where you and your co-host were laughing at the fact that I called 911 when we hit Dagwood. Who calls 911 for a dog? Well, Katie, you call 911 for a dog if you're in the middle of nowhere without enough cell service to Google the nearest emergency vet. Every 911 operator keeps that information on hand. I hope you never, ever need that information for your sweet moose, but God forbid if you do, I hope no one ever thinks it's funny. I'm scared. Is she going to kill Moose? She's going to dox Moose. <laughs> anyone, <laughs> this is Moose's canine security code information. Anyone who has listened to me talk about dead dogs knows that I would never laugh about a dog getting hit by a car. But it is still like imagining a, non, a 911 operator being like, what is your emergency? And someone being like, my dog got hit by a car. It's still kind of funny. I just can't apologize for that. It is good information to have, though. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, yeah. Anyway. She did not tell me if she was suspended or if she voluntarily de- deactivated her account. Is she in HIPAA prison with you, Jesse? There's like a there's a separate wing for like hot people, and they don't let us anywhere. <laughs> That's the female prison. Yeah. So, Jesse, I'm curious to, to know what you think about all this, and specifically, what do you think should be done about forums where people go way beyond shit talking to use the the parlance of Kiwi Farms, where they touch the poo? Yeah, I think like obviously what she went through is much worse than what we went through, but I, I identified with certain elements of it because it can be sort of deranging to watch people yeah. spread misinformation about you. And there's like a level of just casual cruelty. That's hard. Not it's hard to fully ignore or not react to. I think she mentioned that. I do think she's sort of like, she had a bit of like a becoming Darth Vader moment where, mm-hmm. so if someone, I haven't got a lot of death threats. If someone sends me a death threat or a violent threat, I would be all for, having their identity revealed and fucking reporting it to police. That's a whole other level. If some idiot like drive by idiot on Twitter is like, fuck you, you're a transphobe. I would not want that person 
expose. I don't care. I just think there's some levels of behavior where like anonymity does make people feel like they can do whatever they want. And that's good if you're like, if anonymity is good for a government whistleblower delivering documents to a journalist, shit like that. But it, who might you be talking about? Oh, I didn't even mean Jamie Reed. I meant like a, like a water, <laughs> like a fucking Watergate or Pentagon Papers. I, I really did not mean Jamie Reed. Heroes like Jamie. No, uh, there's obviously situations where anonymity is good and valuable, but anonymity has made just turn people into monsters in some cases. Um, and these forums often go way too far, but if you're getting to the point where you're just trying to dox everybody and like, oh no, someone said my jewelry looked tacky. Like, I don't know. Man. Yeah. One time. So, well, I got to yeah. know what, what jewelry was exactly. it? Like how tacky yeah. was it? One yeah. time a, a barista, I've told this story, but one of the only times this shit has crept into my real world life has been a barista at a now closed coffee shop. I used to work at, uh, said I went there and that's why they closed. They closed when it was found out I, I was a patron, but, uh, she or they said, I dress like a peanuts character. <laughs> which i do but that's not i mean the unfunny part was the people commenting be like oh yeah poisonous food punch him throw coffee in his face but the peanut i'm not gonna i don't want this person exposed for saying i dress like a peanuts character you who do, cares you do because it was true you dress you dress like a telephone repairman I do. I'm wearing a hat right now. My 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 latest hat. It says it's a Carhartt hat that says support the trades. I'm really LARPing here as a as a working class person. Yeah. When the trade that I want to support is actually podcasters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unlike Brianna Media, like I do think that anonymity is important to preserve online. But I also think these communities need to self police. And in, in the case of Media Stark, they somewhat did. Like they kicked that woman Michelle out of the group. She she crossed lines, way too many lines. Which one was Michelle? She was the one who met her in real life at this tattoo studio and then went back to the subreddit and then was was coordinating all of this harassment oh and then yeah that's crazy and something about brianna's reaction to this like it, it reminds me a little bit of the james Lindsay jordan peterson trajectory yeah. where you're unfairly genuinely unfairly smeared for something but then the attention and the tidal wave of negativity turns you into the thing that your critics claim that you were in the first place we've seen this happen yeah. it's internet poisoning um yeah i mean I would not like I would not expose my haters if I had their names just for like writing mean shit about me on the internet. I'm very much an ignorance is bliss type. I'd never go out of my way to seek out either negative or positive comments about myself online. Like I would I never ever name search on Twitter or Reddit. I have done it on Kiwi Farms. That's pretty entertaining. Uh but I, I really I try not to let that that stuff affect me at all because I go out of my way to not expose myself to it. That said if I knew someone was like contacting sponsors or putting up flyers or stickers with a picture of my face on it, calling me a bigot, which as happens, I would – and I knew who they were. I would definitely expose them. I would because I think that there's a – there's a they're putting you in literal danger. Yeah. So I just think there's a really big difference between that sort of like IRL harassment that Brianna experienced and someone on Reddit saying that you're a scammer or your jewelry is tacky or yes, you look like a Peanuts character. But Especially when you literally do. Well, every, like everyone's line is going to be different, but I, yeah, I more or less agree with you in that. Also, like some of the defamatory stuff, like uh, when shit was really crazy with like, I'll put a link in the show. It's like Nicole Cliff in 2018 or whatever it was, and people are spreading rumors about me, like DMing people inappropriately. I, I absolutely want to know the names of the people yeah. defaming me, and I think that's completely fair because if they don't, if they have 
receipts, they can post them. But you, this idea that you're just allowed to say whatever the fuck you want about someone as long as they're a bad person, no, that's not how anything works. So it is actually how it works, unfortunately. I mean, it is how it works. It shouldn't be how it works unless uh, you're Brianna. So, yeah, Media. big difference between dresses like a Peanuts character and like truly defamatory stuff. Although what could be more defamatory than saying someone dresses like a Peanuts character? Unless they do. Unless they do. Because truth is a, a absolute defense for libel claims. Yeah. And so right around the time that all this was happening, I happened to see an article that was recently published in The Guardian. It was called My Mother the Troll. And it's about a guy named Ben Leland. He's in the UK whose mom, Brenda, was exposed as a, a Twitter troll. Uh, she was attacking the parents of a toddler who disappeared in Portugal and this was several years ago. And someone from Sky News, a reporter, got her identity and approached her and told her that her tweets had been reported to Scotland Yard and they were under investigation. And then like a day or two after this piece aired on Sky News, this woman, this 63-year-old woman, killed herself. Jesus. Yeah. So I think there's what Brianna is doing. There's also some real danger there. And she doesn't seem to care about that because she is so – pissed off at these people you know what i'm remembering now that a version of this there was this crazy um these twitter accounts very low follower they, this person would keep making new twitter accounts that would not be variations on cat themes this was someone with like an obsessive interest in cats so it was like i think ashen cat one and variations on that and they, i remember this you do okay and they would they would say completely made up things like i'd been fired from new york magazine when when right. I, i'd left to write my book and just straightforwardly defamatory things and someone thought they figured out who this person was and it was an academic a working academic really uh, and they sent me info and i i definitely didn't like expose him i forget if i even sent them a note or something but um it's yes part of part of how can part of you not want to know the identity of the people spreading this bullshit it's human nature yeah i guess it is i'm i'm just like so much more con- i mean when it comes to you and i it's like there's a random anonymous people on on internet spreading bullshit. I'm way more concerned about the blue check marks and the fellow journalists who spread bullshit. Like those are the people that, that I think like are absolutely egregious. But they're yeah. not doing this anonymously. They're doing this under their own no, names. Right out in the open. Yeah, yeah, and they're getting points for it, and they're winning little Twitter dunks for it. Especially now that you're not around to defend yourself, and you know all that all that you can do is like ask for corrections when they when they post defamatory shit in Vox.com or whatever. Uh, Jesse, have you ever been an anonymous troll? I don't think I've ever been in a situation that would qualify. I've occasionally made burner accounts if I wanted to like reach out first to someone to try to get some information, but I don't think I've ever been an anonymous troll. I can see you being a vicious troll like in your teens and 20s. I no, remember. I was never a troll. Yeah, right. I, I doubt that. It's I, I'm not lying. Why would I be an anonymous troll? If I'm going to troll somebody, I'm going to use my name. You do. You do a lot of uh, named trolling. Any questions, Jesse? No, she's a really a lot of like internet characters will do something crazy or be involved in something crazy, but aren't fundamentally interesting. I find this Brianna Media person fundamentally interesting because her story is so tangled, and there's good and there's evil, and she's clearly been like destroyed by all this, which I can understand. So, uh, good stuff. If there's a lot of gray areas here, is she the victim or is she the or is she the villain or both? Whoa, or neither. Who is or the witch? All. Or maybe victimhood and villainy are a spectrum rather than a binary. Ooh. Yeah, we're all non-binary here. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Katie? That's it. This has been Blocked and Reported. As always, we are produced with help from Tracing Woodgrains and the Mysterious Lex. Thanks to them both. I'm Jesse Single, and remember, I am so excited for the next mass shooting that proves that I was right about everything. And I'm Katie Herzog. And also remember, 
Nobody knows you're a dog on the internet, except for Brianna Mania's private investigator, so get a burner account already, Moose.